Welcome to another installment of Head Noise Official. I'm joined again tonight by my lovely wife, Laura. Hi, guys. Um, and another important topic to chat about tonight. It's actually, uh, we've titled the episode um, Safety in Numbers, something that sort of actually hit home this afternoon whilst doing some preparation for this recording and for this podcast. Um, basically around just the mental health and reaching out and networking and that sort of stuff and the power that it has um, and obviously safety in numbers. So that's basically the short fall of it. Um, I guess the, the talking point to start us off and, and something that I've been feeling um, in sort of has been a natural progression of since the inception of you know head noise official and uh, doing some mental health welfare and reaching out and you know assisting with welfare committees and that sort of stuff at the footy club it's really really become um obvious to me that as soon as you start putting yourself out there and in that space and and showing people that you're passionate about it that it's like people are drawn to you people flock to you I don't know whether it's a comfort or whether it's they just see that as a release and go that person actually understands what I'm going through and they can relate to you a little bit do you, do you think that's fair? I think it's yeah I think that's fair I think it's a vulnerability I think that when you can show your vulnerability I think that that gives people a, a safety that it's okay to, to not be okay. And it's okay to have weaknesses and it's okay to be struggling. And like I said, we're all in this together and our struggles might look different. Mm. Um, and something that is always, you know, I've always had trouble getting my head around is, you know, not feeling entitled to complain about those struggles or complain's the wrong word you know have those affect you to a certain degree would you think that maybe it's because of the probably a bit of a traditional sort of you know European Australian upbringing of oh there's someone that's worse off than me don't complain we just get on with it would that be I think so and I think a lot of people think, you know, there's like a, a bit of a glorified thing about that real stoic kind of one foot in front of the other, you know, never complain. You know, I know, I know for me, the classic, like classic thing my nan always said to me is, and this is just a small thing, you know, we'd complain about like whatever we got food we got dished up and she's like there's kids starving in Africa you know yeah. you're like oh wait a put the guilt lay the guilts on there yeah. but I, I think so I think it's sort of like a lot of people just you know I know I struggle with it is like allowing yourself to um be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually not okay. And, and you know, yeah, people have it worse off, but in this moment, I'm not okay. And I think when you share that vulnerability with other people, it kind of, 
it, it gives them a safety to feel like it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, agreed. To share. I think the the other thing also that's worth mentioning, uh, the touch off topic, but I said a couple of times to you that it's talking to you know these these young adults and these youths and these kids and guys that are you know 15 20 years younger than me and helping them talk through their problems it's actually really healing for myself as well because mm. you you're packaging and you're unpacking areas that perhaps you didn't know that you were struggling with or, or you yeah. didn't know that you had some feelings on and it really you kind of like it's a two-way street where you're kind of helping someone but you're also getting healing. some help yourself and healing at the same yeah. time and I think that's that's what is um is really really I guess empowering about it and and what sort of we've we've sort of chat before how you know I am finally at a stage in my life where I'm like this is what I feel like I should be doing mm. you know trade background and successful job and running a business and all that and it probably doesn't really mean too much to me anymore mm. I finally found now in my late 30s that I actually enjoy having a bit of empathy and helping people and, and being able to make a difference in other people's lives and mm. I think early on in my own mental health journey five years ago I wouldn't have I think I even said oh why would I want to help that person nobody's helped me and that was the attitude nobody's helped me growing up I've done it tough I've had to battle on my own I've had to do this I've broken the cycle and got an out of housing commission and mm. you know the, that sort of lifestyle it, it's like I think I've said to you before it like gives purpose to your pain yeah it gives it, it's like okay so that was you know that event or my childhood or some kind of trauma that you've experienced if you can help somebody else with that experience from what you went through mm. it gives purpose to your pain it, it, it means you went through that and now you can help somebody else like you didn't go through it for no reason yeah exactly yeah because yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way it definitely makes sense though it's it's just so it's mind-blowing like I think back mm. to six months ago you know with a bit of a rocky patch in our relationship maybe it was mm. a little bit longer I actually came out sort of publicly and said that that I'd been struggling and I wasn't doing the best and I had to do better and you know there were areas that I sort of let you down in and I guess from that moment on, the the guys that reach out to you, hey, come and join the men's group, come and do this, come and do that. It's just, I think with, with men, it just needs someone to turn that tap on. And once yeah. that tap, once someone can turn that tap on, it's like it's like a big herd. Everyone's mm. like, oh, I've got this issue, and everyone wants to talk about it. Mm. And I I think you don't you can't. Sometimes you don't realize the power in the things that you're saying. Like, I can remember um, a few years ago, my my pop passed away, and my dad said to me, "It wasn't his. It wasn't his father. It was 
my mum's. My parents are separated, so essentially it was my my dad's ex father in law. Yeah. And he said to me, Oh, you know, there's some things that he that he said to me and he probably didn't realise at the time, but I, I carried them with me my whole life. You know, you you don't realise the power in like things that you say, how much they can help people. Yeah. And you think back to when you're going through something hard, like, um, you know, another instance that I can think about is, you know, when I was, from my first marriage, when I was going through my divorce, I was working as a waitress in a cafe and a customer came in and said to me, you know, are you doing all right? You seem a bit off. And I said, I'm, I'm just going through a really hard time. And that's as much detail as I gave, gave to him. And he looked at me, he goes, just remember, you are your greatest asset. Yeah. And it, it, it was a mantra that I just lived by for the next six months as I went through a divorce. And, you know, on the other end, of it, I said, you don't know how much those words meant to me at the time. Yeah. You know, just that simple statement of you are your greatest asset. Yes, little things, hey, it's not... You're not, um, I mean, certainly we're not here trying to preach or sound anything like that, but even just that little act of kindness or someone asking you how your day is or, mm. you know, checking in on someone. And we, you know, we speak fairly openly um, and, you know, there's a, there's sort of a, quite a few people around me that are, that have sort of reached out to me that are, that are struggling and, you know, there's different stages there's some relationship breakdowns and there's some other people that are a little bit ill of health and and don't have a lot going on in their life and it's i guess i'm I'm proud to that those people feel like that they can talk to me about that yeah yeah and it's funny just to fill in a bit of background as ben said he kind of you know having a bit of a rough trot of things and Put yourself out there online and since then it's opened up that basically you're in within your football club you're doing like a welfare mental health welfare role and sort of made a bit of a committee and you know have quite a few blokes that you're you know um providing support for i guess I guess, yeah, I don't know, maybe not providing support, just checking in, hey, just yeah. letting them know that they've got, sort of got someone to talk to or, or, you know, they, they don't have to do it on their own. And that probably brings me to another point of how, just with the whole, you know, phrase that I've chosen, the safety in numbers, it, it probably brings me to how important, you know, sport or, your social setting or whatever it may be that gets you out there yeah that community gets you out there connecting with those people a lot of people I think find it in church yeah in religion yeah good point I think a lot of people find it in sport yeah it's just a different way where you know that you've got you've got other like minded people and you know quite often they can have the same struggles And, and I think I've said this before too it's really, it's really, really interesting because whether you're, you know, a young, a, a, whether you're a young person struggling in a, you know, in a perhaps a broken 
family coming up mm. and not a lot of hope mm. or whether you're you know a successful high court judge there's there's a lot of relating factors and struggles that a lot of those it doesn't people discriminate it, yeah 100 percent. it doesn't discriminate mental health does not discriminate no <laughs> it doesn't care how much money you have it doesn't care what your job is what your status is in the community it doesn't care. <laughs> it, just looks, it just looks at you and says, you're just another bear bum in the shower. <laughs> yeah. Just to quote, um, rest in peace, choppery. <laughs> Not an ideal role model, but anyway, it was a good movie. <laughs> Wait, is he dead? He passed away, yeah. Oh, God. That's I think, um, don't quote me, but it was, I think it, it might have even been like colon cancer or something like that oh, that got him. Wow. Yeah. Wasn't that old? I don't even know that he was 60. Damn. Yeah. Certainly lived a colourful life, that man, and probably learned a few lessons along the way that mm. things that he wouldn't he wouldn't want to do again. But yeah, it's um how how powerful is this? How how good is this? How empowering and fulfilling is it to be able to help people? Yeah. And just to you know, for every for every tear that you shed Mm. worrying about someone and you know you look at me a lot of the time and you tell me that I can't help everyone and it's for all those sad moments there's also a lot of joy and a lot of knowing that you know there's some good that you're putting out there it has to eventually you know you put enough good out there you're going to get some good back right so yeah you just got a kindness spread that shit what's the saying spread that shit around like it's confetti yeah confetti (laughs) confetti yeah yeah I think you know I think it's just been really nice for me to witness you know you going on this journey of realising that you know a life in service to people is more fulfilling than any other role you know a life where you are giving back you know and I think everyone does it I think everyone gives back to a certain extent whether it's their children or partner or I'm just actually opening up Instagram because I was like that is highly inappropriate to be going on social media (laughs) I, sh- I shared a post today on my story yeah. um, on obviously the Head Noise official story. It was originally posted by uh, My Spiritual Path mm. and the quote was, you cannot fuck, smoke, drink, shop, work away your pain. You just got to feel it, let it run through you, let it make you stronger and move on. Rock bottom will teach you lessons that mountaintops never will. Yeah. And I... I sort of posted that quote and then I had a, another chap that I know through the football circles reach out to me and he was the only person that he, this is what his reply to my story was. Um, only if you survive rock bottom, hopefully they can find help. Hopefully they can, so I'll start again. Only if you survive rock bottom, hopefully they can find help before that and find the path to happiness and contentment. And I was... He kind of struck a chord with me a little bit because, you know me, I've said to you a lot of times, I've had people, friends that I've have had 
you know, ice addictions and that sort of stuff. And I've actually used that phrase Mm -hmm. that they've got to hit the bottom before they bounce back. And I just wonder, I wonder where that turning point or where that cusp is or where that threshold is. Like it's different for everyone. Hey. Yeah. I guess it kind of, it reminds me of what I've, I always ask you like in relation to your, your childhood, and I don't know how much you've gone into it. I can't remember how much you've gone into it on a podcast, but I always like asked you what. what Not a lot, but, but it's um, you know. What it's was fair it? Game. <laughs> what was it that lit that fire in you to want better? What was it that changed you? Yeah, and uh, I think that's probably the single question that you asked me that I have not been able to put my finger on to mm. this day, mm. and I don't know if you know seeing seeing my mother single single mother obviously with her own issues hasn't worked a day in her life you know my older brother on drugs Mm. blah 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 everyone in the immediate family living in housing commission not sorry not everyone the vast majority in the immediate family live in housing commission very few sort of shining lights um around me and and not a lot of leadership obviously with my father being off the scene from when I was you know 10 years old Mm. my my grandfather was as you know my grandfather was was probably the biggest influence on me biggest male influence on me growing up Mm. um he was a world war ii veteran he was a raditabrook in the english army in, in the any tank regiment um passed away in 2009 obviously I was 26 um but yeah, his his that sort of style of leadership. He was very old school, so that generation yeah. of you don't talk about that sort of stuff. You stick with your family, you know. Yeah. Very private, and he, by the time that I can remember, as a child, spending time with my granddad, he he was already retired. So I don't. I look back and I, and I don't honestly know where my work ethic or where my drive or where my passions come from. If, if I if I had to sort of fire a quick response, I would say because I didn't want to be like my mum and my dad. Mm. And that would probably be, you know, that's probably, obviously we're all, we're all a product of our childhood. That's, oh, yeah. That's a direct, <laughs> that's oh, a direct yeah. reflection of what I didn't want to be. Yeah. So all the things that I'm good at were all the things that I wasn't shown when I was a kid because I had the drive to to sort of get out of there. Yeah. And that, just to elaborate a little bit more, that extends pretty deep. Obviously, we, we talk about it from the point of, you, you asked me today, getting back to things that stick with you, you asked me today when I started playing football. Yeah. And I said, I was eight years old. Yeah. And you said to me, well, what did you do before that? I Actually, couldn't... it was Charlie, our yeah. youngest daughter. She's just... Um, She's just starting playing AFL footy. I coached an under-11s team and she's just joined it. And yeah. she asked you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think when, when you said, oh, you, start, oh you, you started playing at eight, what were you doing before that? And without even thinking, and my response was begging to play football. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what it was. It was a... It was a... My childhood was either I had to beg, I had to steal, I had to fight... I had to work my ass off for everything yeah. that I had and to get out of that that sort of area. And it's 
I'm not sad. It's giving you. It's giving you a grit. Yeah, and it's I'm, I'm you not grit sad about that. You can't emulate that. it. No, but it, but I don't. It's also a liability. Yeah. Because you know that I, my like I don't stop my I'm no, always racing it around stop. and. <laughs> And but like, you know. we've talked about this before with the kids, like sometimes you'll be like, oh, you know, when I was their age, I was doing this, this, this. And I'm like, yeah, but they, they don't need to do those things. No. You know what I mean? No. They're, they're comfortable because we've made changes in our life so that they have a comfortable childhood. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about that grit that you get from having a, a, a hard upbringing, you know. You, you can't emulate that. No. In, in like a loving home. No. Nor would you. And nor would you. Exactly. Want to really, exactly. Really. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's quite hard because we're, we're as we're sitting having this conversation, I'm kind of reflecting on the things that we're saying at the same time, mm. and it's sort of you know it's, it's that sort of feeling and learning on the fly thing again as well, mm. and just sort of understanding how it all pieces together I know for me like motherhood is a big motivator for me of wanting to be like you know the best version of myself without sounding corny Mm. I can I can remember like my mum always saying to me I just want to be better for you than my mum was for me and then I want you guys to be better for your kids yeah you know what I mean? I want to just keep improving the next generation. Yeah. And, you know, that always stuck with me. You know, it always stuck with me. And it was such a motivator. Yeah. You know, and I think I look now and, you know, I had my daughter when I was 17. Uh, I didn't finish, I finished school, but I didn't get like a, a year 12 certificate or whatever um i'm just started going to uni last year (laughs) and my daughter is about to graduate school this year she's like organized and smart and confident and she knows what uni course she's gonna do and you know so i think she's doing a she's also doing the the TAFE component TAFE at school to yeah, yeah. The uni course. and I just think yeah we're in we've done right here we're keeping the legacy of just doing better for the next generation yeah. you know but there, there's also obviously knowing each other's journey there's also there was a point in your life perhaps when you know when you separated mm. from your first husband there was a point in your life that you reached out to someone or someone had reached out to you or someone had an effect on you that encouraged you to I don't want to say get some help because it's not I don't think that getting some help is the right mm. choice of words mm. but someone someone had an effect on you and encouraged you and helped you get to that stage where you decided that you could work on yourself and you could you could be yeah. a better person so that's, yeah. 100%. I guess I just wanted to get us back to a little bit, back to that safety and numbers thing. So someone, someone at that time had that influence on you too. Well, that was the thing, like, you know, 
you're in like a, not a great relationship and it was not great obviously for both of us but you know you I my thing is I just go like I just go inwards and I don't tell anyone anything and then when you know things started falling apart I started opening up and saying you know where I was at how I was doing and everyone was like okay this is not normal this is not you need this is bad and you need to like get some help Mm. and I was like oh yeah okay so that's when it kind of goes back to that like you know when you start being vulnerable then you get that you know people sharing and feeling the same yeah and someone yeah someone said something I could only assume that someone said something to you that you've connected with and you've gone yeah that, yeah, I, I feel that way too mm. and you know there's got to be there's got to be that point that sort of starts you down the road mm. and without going into into too much detail with, with sort of what's happened mm. this afternoon here with, with a, a lad sort of messaging me that's that's what I guess is the main focus there you know trying to get people on that path of of just healing because we all process things in a different way and yeah and I think when you're trying to like I often just look at people that are like gone through these like significant traumas and they're just trying to muddle their way through it themselves Mm. and like all power to you if you can be successful at that Mm. but there's people that do like I want to say like six years at uni off the top of my head like I don't know if exactly and they they're literally trained to in the most efficient way help you through that and navigate that Mm. you know what I mean and it's not I'm doing like um a first year one first year psychology course I'm you know not doing a psychology degree but I'm doing one course in psychology it's it's um you know it's like a science Mm. it's not just oh let's talk about your feelings it's like a practice it's a scientific based practice but would you would you agree though that you still need to have the element and and the ability to display empathy and actually care about what you're doing for that science to be successful Oh, yeah, you've got to care about people. Are you, do you mean to practice psychology? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't just do a degree and then go, right, I'm covered. You, there's still, in that oh, degree, no. there's still a humanitarian part. Yeah, of course. Degree. Sorry. I just wanted to say that it's like, I think people just think, no, I'm right. I can figure this out on my own. Where, you know, you've got these people that are literally, like, they're experts. Yeah. <laughs> at dealing, like, you know, we go and see a psychologist together and from me saying maybe a sentence you know in a very short amount of time our psychologist can sum up exactly how I'm feeling yeah. and put it to you in a way package it to you in a way that you understand and he's like is that how you're feeling and I'm like I didn't even know that's how I was feeling I'm like yeah. yes <laughs> that it. is how I'm feeling thank you <laughs> yeah I get it I just guess it was more saying like I just I feel for people that you know are, are, are trying to muddle their way through it on their own you know when there's 
there's help there's help for you there's help for you I'm a big advocate of that like as you know yeah there's help for you and I think people sometimes people have like a bad experience like they go and see somebody and they're like oh it didn't it didn't work out and it's like okay well maybe that wasn't the right fit try somebody else yeah because like I kind of liken it to like a hairdresser <laughs> which you know yeah, that's a fair you know what I mean summary. you go to a hairdresser I don't know what's the what's like a for like someone that's not into hair what's like an equivalent a mechanic I don't know yeah, mechanic. I don't want to be st- I don't want to yeah, be I like gender stereotypical like gender normative but like just so we're all covering our bases for me it's hairdresser you go to the hairdresser and you're like oh not a fan of this not yeah. a fan of that do you just stop going to the hairdresser no you go and find somebody else and you mm. try or you might give that one another go and see how it goes you know I think the only thing that does differ there a little bit with you know in the mental health and the psychology area is I think a lot of people that do fail that first time or do discount that first visit perhaps I want I question their motive and wonder if their mindset is actually right I've heard I've heard people before and and you've heard this conversation as well we won't go into detail with the person who it was but I was sort of saying encouraging oh how's the psychologist going and one of the remarks I got told was yep I've just got to close the doors on the past and look to the future and move forward yeah. And oh, I remember being dumbfounded. I'm like, what? Is that what you've taken? That's, yeah, I think that's that going back to that like a stoic thing. Like, mm. I've just got to move forward. And yeah, in a sense. But no psychologist is going to tell yeah. you that. They're going to yeah, say, no, let's I'm unpack not. this. This relates, this relates to your you do have to move. You do have to move on from things. You can't stay stuck. But I think the difference is you can't outrun your trauma 100%. you can't outrun your pain you, and that's what that quote is you read from your know, insta before you can't you have to unpack it you have to heal yeah yeah well <laughs> definitely definitely and connect I, with you that. know sorry to interrupt but i will say this it's a process like i think that i've i will think to i think you know, I'm on top of this. I'm good with this. I'm good with this person or I'm good with this situation. I'm good. And then it sneaks up on you. Mm. And I have been in the chair at the psychologist before and said, I thought that we dealt with this. Mm. And it just comes in different ways and you've got to be, it's, it's a, it's, it's a journey. It's ongoing. It takes a it's not, form. it's not like, Oh, yep, sweet. I've done that. It's always going to be a part of you. If you've been through any kind of trauma, bad childhood, accident, relationship breakdown, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's, you can you, a part of it, you're going to have a part of it with you always. It's about managing that. I think so. And I think just to, to briefly also touch on, on an area that we're probably both passionate about is I think it's a way also to, to deal with, you know, anxiety and depression or, and, not saying all and by no means am I a doctor and and saying anything to the negative but I'm a firm believer of the process of the speaking the support groups the unpacking of your issues Mm. with a psychologist as opposed to to medication yeah so it's like I mean you know 
thank goodness for you know those medications in appropriate situations 100 percent. i guess what i'm saying is i I think what you're trying to say is sometimes people can think ah instead of dealing with this i'm just gonna take pop something and hopefully that goes away yeah it's It's a quick fix and all it does is create another problem to yeah like a dependence problem or, or other areas and by no means am I not saying that, that medication is not useful. Yes, but I know and if it works for you, that's wonderful, all power to you. Yeah, but I do know personally, being younger, taking taking an antidepressant to actually, you know, changing my mindset and speaking about things and unpacking the issues and dealing with the trauma and mm. letting go of the pain, it's two different worlds. Because if you're just taking your medication and, you know, you forget or you run out of medication, there's an instant effect on you. Mm. And in extreme cases, that's, you know, good luck to those people and to the doctors that prescribe it and it actually helps. And I know there's a lot of things with children as well where, mm. where you know, some parents that, that we know have, you know, have children that have, they've had medication they weren't happy with how the children were on the medication so they've got better management plans where mm. you know the, the school's been really positive with them and they've worked and they've gone to a half dose of medication and they found that balance mm. I guess I just probably what I more directed and what I should have said was I don't like just a five second diagnosis here's your pill go home yeah. I think that's that's a bit of a grey area I mean it's health. it's I, I believe it's pretty common knowledge that, you know, those kind of medications are prescribed. I think so. I think, I know in America it's like a, it's prolific. It's a massive problem. I'm not sure if that translates as much in Australia. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, but, you know, those medications from what I understand can have a whole bunch of undesirable side effects as well yeah you know but in appropriate cases you know it does help people and I think that's wonderful 100% and again my my view on that comes from you know my experience as a child at medical centres at Anala and Goodner and Mm. those sorts of areas where there's a it's a I don't want to say I don't want to say lower class the demographic is a little bit there's a there's a bit less money and there's a bit low, less it's a low socio low socio yeah and that was maybe my passion around that stems a bit from that but I've certainly seen medication be over prescribed mm. um, as a kid and seen those doctors yeah, appointments wow. that are a five minute appointment where you just go in and there's no consultation oh here's your prescription Here's mm. your repeat. There's no management. There's no follow-up. Yeah. And I don't know, nor do I probably want to point the finger at someone or anything in the health system, but I just wanted to highlight my belief of, you know, the talking about things yeah. and dealing with the issues is, is much better than a medication. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When you're dealing with an otherwise normal, healthy brain that's just had some trauma not physical trauma but just like you've just gone through you know what is a normal healthy brain (laughs) 
I mean, I've got to be honest. I, well, isn't it the serotonin that, like, you either have a high or low serotonin that is what affects the, you know, you can, imbalances can affect you having anxiety or depression. Yeah. And, you know, if that's an actual chemical... Imbalance. Imbalance. Well, it's a... It's not a... Is it a yeah, it's a neurotransmitter, so... Mm. Anyways. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, all I was going to say is, what's a normal, healthy brain? I'm getting back to, you know, this encouragement of safety in numbers and people helping each other. And I, I think to myself, I look at myself in the mirror sometimes and I go, cunt, these, <laughs> these people are reaching out to you because they want to chat and they value, you know, your assistance and they enjoy your company and, you know, they, y- you've got to be empathetic and keep helping these people. And then on my other shoulder, you know, is is the other Ben going? You fucking wanker! You 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 barely have your fucking you, you, be, you barely get through a day. You barely get through a day without fucking yeah, losing like, your shit. Like, yes. It's like wow. Well, you know, going to Ben for advice. Let me tell you all the things wrong with Ben. Yeah, spend a not, spend a few hours in my head. You wouldn't want to be there. Let me tell you. I think as well. Yeah, like we're, you know, you and me, we're by no means perfect and I hate I don't want to be like I hope we never sound like we're preaching or like this is what you gotta like no we have no idea we make mistakes we you know argue and (laughs) you know I think we probably have we've got five kids between us they'll they'll be needing some some therapy, you know? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe one of us will have a qualification by then to help them out. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, that's that's nearly 40 minutes for us tonight, guys. Damn. Hopefully we haven't dribbled on too much. I just want to stress again the importance of uh, looking out for each other and, you know, asking... They have all these are you okay days and that sort of stuff, but just genuinely mean it when you do ask someone if they're okay genuinely mean it check in on your pals check in on your brothers and sisters and yeah I think think of all the times that you've just looked at your phone you know having a shit day not feeling the greatest and you look at your phone and someone's like checking in on you you know and you might not get a lot back when you write those messages checking in on people but it means something they know yeah, and there's always yeah, there's always someone that that you've touched or made a an impact on their life that they genuinely care about what you're doing. Hundred mm, percent. And I think um, yeah, just to finish up, I think that just keep that safety in numbers, stick together, one love, one family. Got anything else? No, I think you got it. All right. Well, that'll bring us to an end for tonight. We'll get this uh, mashed up and get it on Spotify. And hopefully for you, for those of you that have listened, have got this far and haven't had enough of listening to me, please reach out to us on Instagram. Give us a like and follow Head Noise Official or alternatively... Was that a notification on your phone? (laughs) (laughs) Alternatively, send us an email at headnoiseofficial at gmail.com. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time. Be safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.